yo, welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, comedy advice to fix your life. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Say hi. Wait a second, Mike. Last week, I told you to start holding your breath while I timed you. Mike, I think it's been about 45 minutes. You can stop holding your breath now, okay, buddy? Yeah, great. You guys might know me from YouTube. Chris vs. The World is my comedy channel. Laser Lemming is my gaming channel. Uploaded.com brings them all together like one great big happy family that sometimes sees each other. Don't forget that you guys can subscribe to this show, Chris to Chris, for new episodes every single Friday. We are on every single place podcasting apps are possibly sold for free. Probably, and for not, you should demand that we get there, you know? Go. It's like when uh, Nickelodeon would tell you to order Noggin now. Noggin now. Get your Noggin now. They want you to call your cable provider like you know what the hell that meant. That's what you need to do. Call your cable pro- provider and say, I want Chris to Chris. I want Chris to Chris. Do that. Do that. Uh, we have a great show for y'all today. Today we're talking about the latest and greatest from E3 2019. That's what happened this week. We're going to be covering the, the press conferences from Nintendo, Microsoft, Bethesda, Square, and Ubisoft. We're also talking about watching what you eat, the end of the world, listener questions, poll results, and a whole lot more. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show. But before we start, uh, last week I said that I would be revealing my face for the first time on the show. Mike, can you uh, get me a, a drum roll, please? Gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Okay, okay. Ta-da! <laughs> oh man, I was nervous, but I'm really doing it. Really doing it. Showing my face to the microphone. <laughs> I think I can get used to this. Wow. Uh, anyway, E3 2019 happened this week. So this is going to be a, a pretty video game heavy episode. Oh my gosh. You guys can see my face, or at least the microphone can. Whew. I mean, I do this on YouTube. We, we did stream... Uh, three of these shows on on YouTube live. We did live reactions. My face was there too. I've just never exposed my face on a podcast before. So uh, this uh, this is the last year that uh, Sony and Microsoft. This is the last year uh, before Sony and Microsoft released their new consoles. So so Sony's going to put out the PS5 next year. Microsoft is going to put the Xbox uh, Fun out next year. I don't know what they're going to call it. You know they've really uh, written themselves into a corner with the Xbox names. Called it the Xbox, and they had, the reason they called it the Xbox 360 was because if they called it the Xbox 2, Sony had a number up on them, you know, with the PlayStation 3. So they had to outdo Sony with a 360, and then they called it the Xbox One, which they said was an all-in-one system and possibly the last Xbox you'll ever need, but they changed their minds clearly and have released uh, multiple iterations of that same Xbox since then. And now they're doing the Xbox Scarlet, we'll get into that. In just a second, uh, so let's 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 talk about it. Let's talk about what happened. Uh, Sony wanted to uh, wind down this year. Actually, they all wind down. The reason I brought this up that this is the last year before they they release their new consoles is because typically it's a slower E3 for them. It's a slower E3 for the people that have a system coming out because most of their money and efforts are going towards the newer systems to entice you to get those same newer systems. So uh, Sony, as I mentioned, has a PlayStation 5 coming out next year. But they wanted to wind down so much that they didn't even show up to the party. You know, they pre-gamed so hard 
that they passed out on the couch before they could even show up to E3. So uh, this week, uh, Chris to Chris is going to review E3 2019 of sorts in a mixed alphabetical order. So first up is Microsoft, right? Microsoft announced a lot of games as I predicted, and none of them were exclusive as I predicted. And that's fine with me, because I don't own an Xbox, but I own a PC. And it's a decent PC. But the way these companies are talking now, Sony and Microsoft, they're hyping up these next generations of consoles like the technology is out of this world. It's new technology that my PC possibly can't understand. And uh, they're making me think like, oh man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be left in the dust, in the past, if you will. Microsoft, uh, like, as I mentioned, uh, they talked about uh, their next Xbox, which is codenamed Scarlet, named after Joe Hansen, I assume. And uh, they, they talked about it without actually showing it. You know, they showed some people messing around with some chips that we're supposed to assume are the innards of this Xbox. And then they talked about, hey, look, we got a, we got a uh, SSD, a solid-state hard drive, just like uh, Sony does with the PlayStation 5. We're not going to uh, really talk about anything else, though. They said, load times suck, right? Load times suck. And they're right. Load times do suck. But uh, it seemed like they were just talking about this Xbox because Sony was talking about their PlayStation, and they didn't want to be left out of that conversation. Even though Sony chose to be left out of the whole conversation at all this year. So uh, they also showed off uh, some pretty big games, like... Uh, I was going to say they showed off Gears of War 5, but I think they just showed Faces from Gears of War 5, making expressions. They uh, they talked about Halo Infinite, formerly known as the... The artist formerly known as Halo 6. And they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to pull a Nintendo, and Halo is now going to be our Zelda. Twice Nintendo has released or hyped up a Zelda game. They did this with Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. Twice they said, hey, this is going to be on the GameCube, and this is going to be on the Wii U. And then they delayed it so much that they said, okay, it's going to be on the GameCube and the Wii. And then the other one's going to be on the Wii U and the Switch. So it's going to be a, a game that uh, walks on water. It, it's the, uh, the game that has no borders. Am I making sense? Are you following me here at all? I'm saying that the, X, or the, the Halo Infinite is going to be on the Xbox One and the Xbox Scarlet, whatever it's actually called. So the good version is going to be on the Xbox Scarlet, and the gimped version is on the uh, uh, Xbox One. Is that is that an offensive word, Mike? Is that offensive to your people when I when I say the gimped version of the game? I don't know what you're talking about, though. Okay, uh, they also showed off uh, more on the Xbox Game Pass. That's a, a service that they talked about, or they they released, started. What I, I'm running out of brain, I think today, and we're pretty early into the show to be running out of brain. So, Xbox Game Pass, it's uh, pretty much a Netflix for games service where you pay 10 bucks a month and you have access to roughly 100 games. So, Netflix has thousands of movies. Uh, Xbox Game Pass has about 100 games. Games cost more, so I guess it scales down properly or about right. So, they've been expanding on this idea. And they said, hey... Xbox Game Pass is now coming to PC too, and for $5 more, you can, I think it's $5 more, you, you can get both. You can get both, and you can have Xbox Live, which should be free, but we're not going to get on that soapbox today. So, yeah, it seems like the, it's the future of gaming, which is games as a service, literally. 
I talk about actual games that label themselves as games as a service, but the idea of pretty much never owning a game. It's just constantly renting games. You you can't play a game unless you're paying a monthly fee sort of thing. Some people probably are all over that. Other people might find that idea terrifying. In fact, if you're a smaller, smaller indie developer, and it, say this works like uh, Spotify or Pandora, where you, you're a smaller a smaller artist, and you're getting paid per play, so to say. That's how uh, Spotify works, roughly. Uh, the more plays you get for a certain song or album, the more money you're making. And you're getting like a fraction of a cent per play. So if the same idea were to apply to games, and you're an indie developer, and you're not going to get many people playing in the first place, it's hard to attract people to try your game, or maybe they do play it, but they only try it for half a second, you might not be making much money. This has the possibility to, to theoretically squash a lot of indie developers. We will see. More to come on that. So uh, that was Microsoft. Uh, I think that uh, they had a, a pretty decent show, pretty boring show. You know, they showed a lot, but it was it was kind of sterile. It was kind of sterile. And they had a problem that a lot of companies had this year, which was employee clapping syndrome. I might have talked about it a little bit last week, but I think I even gave them a little bit of credit saying they didn't do that so much nowadays, but they sure did this year. And it was just that, where anytime they had planned for it, they'd have employees just standing up, whooping and hollering over the most uh, minute things, boring stuff that nobody, no sane person would be losing it over. So that was my, my gripe with them. Speaking of that stupid gripe, uh, Bethesda had a conference, which we also streamed, and they did the same damn thing. They had people cheering after every single sentence. Every single sentence, they had employees just acting like the Lord had come back and blessed them with riches. And in reality, they were talking about mobile games. Mobile games. So I know that no... no same person, especially a person that works in this industry, is cheering and screaming like they're at a, a pyramid scheme meeting. That's how they act. A multi-level marketing scheme. That's how, that's how these uh, conferences were. It was people cheering like they were in on the multi-level marketing scheme. So Bethesda, they, they came out, did a show. You know, last year they had Fallout 76. People were hyped for it. People played it. They didn't like it so much. So they didn't apologize for Fallout 76. But they announced that it's getting a Battle Royale mode. Last year was the year everybody was uh, saying, Battle Royale, Battle Royale, Battle Royale. Every game was getting Battle Royale. But Bethesda's finally in on that train when they need this Fallout 76 investment to pay off a little bit more. They also said, oh, by the way, uh, it's going to have dialogue trees and NPCs. So it's going to actually maybe be a little bit more like a Fallout game. So good for them. Uh, like I said, they also showed off some mobile games. One of them, they're they're porting to Switch. Switch gets too many mobile games. I go on the eShop, and there's some great games on Switch, but Nintendo needs to to know when to cut the brakes a little bit or, or slam the brakes. I, I think they cut the brakes. That, that's their problem. They cut the brakes, and now the floodgates are open, and there's just a lot of crap on the, the Switch eShop, too. So uh, they're getting some mobile games. <laughs> They also showed off some good stuff. The two being Doom Eternal, which I talked about a little bit last week. It looks even better this year, coming to every system, including the Switch. 
and I'm, I'm excited for that game. That is a raw, old-school-style first-person shooter that is unapologetic. It's unapologetically badass. And then they had uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. It's, where you, uh, it's a spin-off of the Wolfenstein games where you play as uh, two sisters. I guess it's co-op, too, which I, I wasn't aware of until right now. So I, I, I don't know if, how that will, that will play for me as a very lonely person. So, uh, yeah, Bethesda had a show. Bethesda had a show. You know, that's a, that's a lot of video games right in the beginning of the show. Let's move on to our tip of the week for now, huh? Okay. Yeah, earlier in the show, I, I talked about, uh, we're, I said we're going to talk about watching what you eat. My grandma on my dad's side, she, she passed away about a year and a half ago. She was my last grandparent. Uh, and Mike, Mike was not, uh, he didn't say anything. He didn't act like anything happened at all. I, I didn't know you do. So she wasn't the stereotypical grandma at all, right? She never made me any snacks. She didn't read me stories or take me anywhere fun. Uh, when she would, anytime I got a gift from my grandma, it was something she already had, something she might have stolen from a hotel, something she just got. Sometimes she didn't even know what it was. It was just something she had in her basement. And she's like, I don't know, this looked like something you might know what it is. And that's your gift. That's your, that's your birthday gift. That's your, your Christmas gift, whatever. So when I visited my grandma, I was not going there to have fun. I was going there to work. That was my vacation. It's spring break, son. We're going to drive eight hours to Oakland so that you can clean gutters and move heavy shit for your grandma all day. And the best part of all, she doesn't have shit to eat at her house. Nothing. Nothing. When my grandpa died, uh, my grandma spent most of her time traveling around the world. She would almost never be home. So because of that, she barely had any food in her house at all. And if it was there, you best believe it expired months or years ago. Not that, <laughs> not that she would have done anything with that food anyway. You know, my grandma hated cooking. She hated it. When my dad was a kid, as this story goes, he had a, he had a smart mouth, you know, and I, I, I'm starting to see uh, that that is genetic. But uh, when he was a kid, my grandma was cooking leftovers one day. He was probably a teenager. My grandma's cooking leftovers for dinner. She doesn't really want to be. And my dad, this is my dad, uh, pre-dad, before I was around. In all of his wisdom, he, he says to my grandma, his mom, he says, we're eating this crap again. And just like that, my grandma threw down the ladle and never made dinner again. She's like, that's it. That's it. We're done here. We're done. It's like she was just looking for a reason, right? Like she had to be. She had to be looking for a reason to just stop cooking. And my dad just happened to be the right asshole at the right time. You know? Your fault. Your fault. So, by the time I came around, she was not known for her cooking. And I remember spending the day driving up to visit my grandma. Probably about 18 years ago. Now, I was probably 14, 15 years old. And we spent all day driving up north. And as soon as we get there, my grandma, as usual, gives my dad a list of shit she needs done around the house. And all of a sudden, 
I'm being put to work too. So I spent hours working in her yard out in the sun as, as usual. And I'm hungry as hell after these hours have gone by, sweating, tired, and it's dinner time. There's more work to be done. Don't worry. We're just taking a break to eat. There's plenty more work to be done, but it's dinner time. So my grandma finally comes out with my dinner in her hands, or I should say in her hand. She hands me a cup of pea soup. You know, peas like those, those little green ball vegetables that, you know, they taste like peas. And I don't know if I've, I've been clear on this show or not or on my YouTube channels, but uh, like it or not, I'm, I'm a carnivore. I like, I like meat. I eat meat. And so, so when you, when you offer me, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired as hell, teenage boy, working out in the sun all day, and I'm offered a, a can of, or a, a cup of pea soup. Here, this will nourish you, so you can continue to work for me. I, I wasn't a happy camper, but I wasn't a, a complainer either. I sipped my pea soup, put it down, and got back to work. Now, like I said, she wasn't known for her cooking, and she hands me a can or a cup of pea soup. But I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why you would give that to a teenage boy. I feel like that is like your hair catching on fire, and then somebody says, here, 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 take these matches. And that might not be an apt metaphor at all, but that's, that's how I feel about it. Needless to say, I, didn't, I did not enjoy this soup. And I went to bed hungry as hell that night, as I usually did when I went to visit Grandma. She, she never had anything to eat there, okay? I would snack on stale breadsticks any chance I could get, okay? She just had, that's the only thing she, I could eat, were these, like, skinny little, small, like, not real breadsticks. Just these, like, things you might see at an old person's house. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I loved my Grandma, okay? She just wasn't a much of a grandma in the traditional sense. Uh, she, was, she was a fun person. She was a smart person. But she didn't have anything to eat at her house. And she put you to work. Now, I'm going to come back to this. There was a reason I started talking about my grandma. We're going to come back to this. Okay. Um, I need to first tell you a little bit about college. See, when I was in college, I'd get food. Because you're hungry in college. When you, when, you, when you go to college, you suddenly become hungry. And I used to like buying these bags of, of baked Cheetos. Delicious. And one time, I, uh, I, I bought a bag, ate some, and stored it under my bed, as I was accustomed to doing. And the reason you do that is because you have roommates in college, and those sons of bitches will try to eat your food any chance they get, right? So you store it under the bed. And when I was hungry, I'd reach under the bed, Grab the bag and start snacking away. Now, one day, this backfired on me. It was a flawless plan up until this point. But one day, it finally backfired on me. Say, after class, as usual, came to my, my dorm, apartment dorm, turned on the TV, hopped on the bed, reached under, grabbed a bag of Cheetos, and started snacking away, right? Started munching on them for about a minute or two. And a commercial must have turned on or something. You know, it must have said, after these messages, we'll be right back, you know? as they used to do. And I decided to start paying attention to the world around me. Because as I'm chewing on my ninth or 10th handful of Cheetos, 
I looked at what I'm holding. In my hand are about maybe six or seven baked Cheetos and 30 crawling ants all over my hand. I had been eating ants, live ants, for the last 10 minutes. Last 10 minutes I had been eating ants. And I was, uh, I was a little perturbed by that. A little perturbed. You know, first of all, what do you do at that point? What do you do when you realize you've just been eating a lot of ants? I, I think the first thing I did was uh, curse. Definitely, definitely a high, I would say that's 100% first thing I did. And then, you know, you go to the bathroom, maybe try to rinse out your mouth or something. But you know, you already know what's up. You, you got to wash the live ants that are already on your hand. But you know that you've been eating them because you look in the bag covered in ants. Covered in ants. Now, if you think that's bad, let me tell you something. The same damn thing happened to me a few months later. Exact same thing. Exact same thing. I had to eat a bunch of live ants before I learned to store the Cheetos in my little mini fridge. Jeez. So how does this tie to my ground? Well, rewind. About 10 years earlier, visiting grandma again. And I'm hungry as hell, as usual. So it's morning time, you know? I went to bed hungry, but I'm ready to enjoy a nice stale bowl of cereal. So she says, hey, yes, I have some stale cereal. It's in the cabinet. Why don't you go pour yourself a bowl? So I go grab the, the stale Cheerios that have been poured into one of her, you know, like a plastic or, yeah, like a plastic container in there for God knows how long. And about halfway through, I'm eating my breakfast about halfway through. I notice uh, these little things in my bowl. I look closer, maybe even uh, pull some in with the spoon, and I see that my bowl of cereal is littered with tiny dead beetles. Tiny dead beetles. And I point this out, and my grandma's just saying, oh, whoops. <laughs> my dad... I uh, thought this was hilarious. He thought it was hilarious. I wasn't such a, a good sport about it back then. I, I was probably kinder <laughs> than really was deserving. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at a certain point, you just hate going up there. You just hate going up there because you're never eating. And when you're eating, you're eating peas or bugs. <laughs> I had to eat bugs. I had to eat insects three times in my life before I started paying attention to what I was eating. So if you're eating like a sucker with a worm in it or uh, some tequila with a scorpion at the bottom, I understand. You probably meant to do that. That was probably your intention. But if you weren't planning on eating bugs that day, I recommend looking at your food. Just looking at it. Give it a glance before you shove it down your throat. You know, because finding out after the fact that you've been eating dead or live bugs that you weren't intending to eat, finding that out as a surprise, it's a real downer. It's a real downer. It'll, it'll really bum you out. Whew, okay. Now that we've got that out of our system, let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. 
I don't know if you noticed, but uh, most of this episode is pretty much one big video game corner. If there are four corners in any given room, three of them are for video games this week. So this week we're going to kind of do a, like a an anti-video game corner. There's there's something that's been bugging me since I first read about it yesterday on uh, Slash Film. See, Disney is creating a new Chippendale TV show for their streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Now, if you grew up in the olden days, you might remember a show called Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It, it, it uh, was a, a show about chipmunks that saved the world on a regular basis, and it changed my life. Mike, you know that show? The, the theme song went like, ch 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 chippendale Rescue Rangers, ch ch chippendale with in danger. Man, I don't know if you guys really appreciate all of the, the free, beautiful musical aspects I bring to this show. You know, I don't even have a Patreon, and I'm just singing away. I'm giving you that beautiful voice. Anyway, I said that the original Chippendale show changed my life. This new show will not be changing anybody's life, unfortunately. See, Disney said that they are making 39 episodes, but they're all going to be seven minutes long. And they're not about chipmunks saving the world. They're about chipmunks just kind of trying to get by in the city. It sounds like it might as well be Seinfeld with chipmunks. In the city. In the city, Mike. You watch that show, right? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> so uh, this is, of course, a travesty. Chipmunks are supposed to wear cool hats and Hawaiian shirts and get into trouble, you know? They're supposed to hang out with a smart girl mouse named Gadget and a big Australian mouse named Monterey Jack. You know, they're supposed to save the world every single week, like rodents do. They're supposed to have a dope theme song. The 80s and 90s shows all had the best theme songs. You can't have a theme song for a show that's only seven minutes long. You put a, a seven-minute show in between a long show, or in between a real-length show. You put it a seven-minute show in front of a movie like they used to do back in the old days. This is, this is, this is wrong. This is wrong. Uh, they only showed one picture of this show, like a, a, kind of like a promotional art thing. Maybe it was a screen grab from the show. And honestly, to be real, the colors looked beautiful. Didn't look like the old show, but the colors looked beautiful and it's probably going to be really good and inventive and I'll look like a jackass in retrospect, but I don't care. The one thing I forgot to mention about this, see... In Chippendale Rescue Rangers, they had personalities. And I'm sure these, these chipmunks will too. But they're going to Tom and Jerry this sucker. They said that the chipmunks are going to be non-verbal. They're not going to talk. Chipmunks talk. This is well established. Chipmunks should save the world and talk. Period. And you know, they should, they should hang out with Monterey Jack and Gadget. And maybe have a little fly for a pet. You know... That fly in the, the show, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, flies like live what, like a week? Does that mean Rescue Rangers all took place in the span of a week? Now that would blow my mind. Anyway, that's my little rant for today. Uh, let's get back to some video games here. So, E3, Ubisoft, you guys know Ubisoft, they opened with a live orchestra for their press conference, and the orchestra was playing music from the Assassin's Creed games. And that was kind of cool, I guess. But then they said, yeah, after the, the, the little mini concert was over, they said, guys, by the way, we're going to be taking this Assassin's Creed orchestra 
all over the world. We're going to do a worldwide Assassin's Creed Orchestra musical tour. We're going to fly these people all over the world. And, you know, if you want to buy some tickets or something, that'd be nice. I think people can enjoy this sort of thing for a little bit. But I don't, I, I mean, I could be wrong. But I don't personally think people all around the world are going to be lining up at the at the orchestra. What do you, what do you call an orchestra at the uh, at the uh, Staples Center to listen to Assassin's Creed music played live? I don't know. I, I could be wrong. After that, you know, they showed some other games. They said, "Hey, we're making another Just Dance game, and it's coming out for all, a lot of systems, even the Wii, the original Wii, which came out in two thousand six." Almost 14 years ago. 13 years ago, I guess. It's going to be on a lot of systems. Just Dance 2020. And they said, oh, by the way, we also have uh, this game called Watch Dogs 3 Legion. Or it's just called Watch Dogs Legion. You might, you might have heard of it when it was leaked a few days ago. And so they confirmed everything that was leaked about it. Inclu they also said uh, uh, the, the, the character you play as is an old woman. I'm not kidding. Mike, did you see this? Uh, you can play as an old lady, a grandma. And she she uh, she moves slowly like an old lady grandma. The 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 gimmick to this game is that you're supposed to be able to play as any character, any any NPC, any non-playable character is apparently a playable character. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they also talked about their own streaming service. So we talked about Game Pass for a second on the Xbox. They said, oh by the way, we're doing this. We're doing this. I think it might be a PC only affair right now, but fifteen dollars a month. So Game Pass gets you about a hundred games at a time. And it's ten bucks a month, and Ubisoft service costs fifteen dollars a month, and you get to play Ubisoft games. I personally uh, hate this idea. I hate this idea. The only positive aspect I could see from it is that if you had all the time in the world, you know, and you wanted to play the next Watch Dogs or the next Far Cry game, and you don't want to spend sixty bucks on it, you could say, "Hey, I got fifteen bucks and a month and nothing but time." Nothing but time. So let me uh, pay $15 to beat this game. $15 long rental. So if that's for you, then go for it. That's not a bad, that's not a bad hustle. But uh, generally speaking, no, I'm not. Ubisoft. Ubisoft, are you listening to me? I have zero interest in just dumping $15 towards your bank account every single month. And then the, the show just kind of uh, randomly ends. And it just turns into like an hour of watching people play video games and T-Pain shows up for some reason. Uh, one of the best times to stop watching is, is right there. The highlight of the show was that I watched it late. I watched it after it already aired. I was at work when it was airing. And uh, that meant I could just skip through most of it. So that was, that was fun. Uh, then there was Square Enix. You might know them for uh, every like Japanese RPG Every popular one from the, the 90s and several afterward. So uh, with Square Enix, I also really liked the ability to, to fast forward through this. I saw this one late as well. Uh, the, the, this press conference bought, brought out the, the inner 90s bully in me that I didn't know existed. You know, all the, the stereotypes you might see in a 90s movie that takes place in high school or something. All of a sudden, I was I was the bully. You know, I wasn't... I wasn't uh, uh, What's the word? Uh, identifying with the hero. I was identifying with the bully. You know, every time someone uh, started screaming for 
some uh, JRPG with the, with terrible dialogue, just just the worst dialogue, the most awkward, terrible dialogue. Every time that happened, every time someone was like, "Yes, give me that, give me that awful writing." I was just looking at that guy. I was I was trying to pay attention so that I could whoop his ass later, you know. And that's not me. That's not me. That's not who I am. So this conference really brought out the worst in me. Uh, they also showed off the Final Fantasy VII remake, which uh, has been delayed for years now. And it looks fine, I guess. Some people are really excited for that. Uh, I, I'm not excited or uh, not excited either way. I'm indifferent, if you will. And they ended the show on uh, this Marvel's The Avengers game they've been working on, being developed by the, the guys who made the last Tomb Raider trilogy, which are pretty good games in their own right. But it looks like this game is going to be some uh, games-as-a-service kind of BS where it's an ongoing game where we're constantly adding content. And the only reason they would do that, I'm cynical here, the only reason they would do that is because they're going to be uh, monetizing you. Microtransactions up the yin-yang because they said this extra story content is going to be free. And they're not a charity. They're not. They're going to be making money off of you. One way or the other. And how nasty and greedy they do it, we will see. We will see. But it was, it was, it was all right. It was all right. If, you, if you're into uh, the JRPG stuff, that was the show for you. Not so much for me, but they, they had some good stuff. Sony. Sony uh, didn't do shit this year. So Sony's show sucked. Sucked. In fact, uh, Square took their place. Okay. Okay. <sighs> I'm feeling like I, I've been a little angry during this segment. So I'm, I'm gonna pull it back a little bit. Let's move on to the news. Italy is apparently beta testing the apocalypse for the rest of the world. You hear about this, Mike? Millions of locusts have swarmed an Italian island and it's Freaking people out, man. Mike, you might remember a couple years back, the same thing happened in Egypt. And the pharaoh lost his shit. He was so shook that he told Moses that he would let his people go. And that is where the book of Exodus came from. So now, Italy is going through the same thing. And I watched a video on YouTube, and it's pretty gross. It is pretty gross. These... Locusts are everywhere, covering pretty much every square inch of this Italian island. And if you don't know what a locust is, it's pretty much a brown grasshopper with a scarier name. And they, they fly in swarms. And it, it can be terrifying, you know? When, when you've got a million locusts just hanging out around your home, you might think that the world's about to end. And you're probably right. You're probably right. According to... UPI.com, Italy's Farming Association, Coldaretti, they said that uh, the locusts are damaging the crops and posing a danger to livestock. Yeah, you got, a, you got a million locusts just chewing on your cow's ear. How do you like them apples? You don't have any apples because the locusts ate them. You know, I'm pretty sure that the pharaoh wouldn't have been cool with this at all, right? That's why he let Moses' people go. Now, apparently, it got pretty hot out there this month and this might have caused all the locust eggs to hatch at the same time 
<laughs> hate when that happens. Don't you hate when all your locust eggs just hatch at the same time? Really makes Christmas expensive. Really makes it expensive. Uh, they said that they're going to be taking measures to make sure that this doesn't happen again next year. But they do not say at all how they intend to do that. They just say we're going to take measures. I don't know how you fix that. How do you fix that? You freeze your eggs? <laughs> you freeze your eggs. That's it. Now, I assume what they're going to do is, I don't know, probably what they did with Moses. They're going to paint lamb's blood all over their front door next April. Okay. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, let's uh, look out for that and... Pray the same doesn't happen to us. In other news, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is uh, going to be leaving her position as White House press secretary at the end of the month. Wow. Whew. Uh, she might have been a huge liar, guys, but she was damn good at it. She was one of the best liars I had ever seen. So pour one out for Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, this weekend. Okay, let's, uh, let's get back to some uh, E3 stuff real quick. We are... Having a nice uh, little lengthy show this week, huh? Um, let's see. Nintendo. That's the last show, last uh, company to do a quote-unquote press conference. They do a Nintendo Direct. And never have I been more thankful for a Nintendo Direct this year than ever. Did I say the word ever enough yet? Ever. So about uh, eight or nine years ago, Nintendo stopped doing E3 press conferences live on stage. And they started doing these direct videos where it was just pretty much a, a YouTube video or a live stream video where Nintendo would have full control over the situation. Now, there was no live people, no cheers or anything, but this year I was never more grateful for that. Remember when I said that Microsoft and Bethesda had clapping constantly. They weren't the only ones. Square did the same thing. Ubisoft did the same thing. Sony probably would have did the same thing. Nintendo didn't do that because they couldn't. Unless they wanted to be like a, a sitcom where they had canned clapping, canned laughter, but they didn't do that, you know? They were cool. They were bros this year. So uh, I was very thankful for that. No, No employees just trying to ham it up. So Nintendo showed off, uh, they, start, they started the show and ended it with uh, two new characters for Smash Brothers Ultimate. The first one was uh, Dragon Boy from Dragon Quest. I'm pretty sure that's his name. I guess people in Japan were all over that. They were excited as hell to be playing as Dragon Boy. Finally, finally, a character with a sword is coming to Smash Brothers. Finally. And then the one that got me excited at the end of the show was when they revealed Banjo-Kazooie was coming to Smash Brothers. Man, I never owned Banjo-Kazooie or Banjo-Tooie, but I, I played the hell out of them by renting them. That was how I played a lot of games back in the day. Didn't own a lot, rented a lot. And uh, that was cool. That was really cool to finally see a, a Western character that I grew up with, you know? Finally, that bear and bird were back in my hands. Or they will be. They also showed off uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, where the... Uh, Big gimmick is that you could play as eight different Luigi's. You know that you, you can't play as Mario. You can't play as uh, Peach or or Toad or Bowser. It's called Luigi's Mansion, so you're playing as Luigi. I guess that makes sense. But you can also play as Gooigi, which is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, Luigi, kind of. I don't know if he's defecating this goo or what, but it kind of looks that way. It, it's it's just a gooey Luigi, right? 
Luigi got a little gooey, so you're playing as him. I think I'm talking a little bit too much about Luigi's Mansion 3. The idea, or the point I'm trying to drive home, is that Nintendo is bringing it out this year because that's what they said that they were going to do. And Nintendo doesn't go back on what they say when it comes to game delays, except for Animal Crossing 3, which they announced was being delayed to 2020. And uh, the following day, they said, yeah, the reason we did that is because uh, we don't want to force our developers, our employees, to crunch. We don't want to put them into crunch time where they're working 80-hour weeks and being miserable and getting divorces because their family can't deal with this anymore. And when they announced that the delay was happening, Nintendo's stock lost a billion dollars in value. I'm not kidding you there. It lost a billion dollars in value because the, uh, the great investors, the, the great people who invest in Nintendo cannot comprehend this uh, idea of treating your employees like human beings. And they said, whoa, 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 no Animal Crossing this year. Your year must, it's, it's going to suck, right? It's going to suck. You have a, a Zelda game coming out this year, and you have a Pokemon game coming out this year, and about 100,000 other games coming out this year, but no Animal Crossing. That is going to ding your profits a bit, buddy. I, I'm selling it. I'm selling it. And so, yeah, they, they, they lost a billion dollars in value, something like that. Uh, let's see here. They showed off No More Heroes 3, and they had an uncensored trailer. I thought that was kind of funny because Microsoft show had tons of violence, right? The Xbox show had violence all over the place. Blood, guts, gore. But every time, like, a trailer would have uh, a curse word, they would bleep it. And Nintendo's show, Nintendo, the company who's traditionally got that stereotype on them for being more protective over this sort of thing, families and whatnot. Uh, they just let F-bombs fly. They didn't care. They didn't care. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm pretty excited for No More Heroes 3. The, the, the first two games were a lot of fun. They also showed off a Panzer Dragoon remake, which uh, you, might, uh, you might know that series if you're, if you're old. It uh, started on the Sega Saturn, I believe, and then uh, later moved on to the Xbox, and then it later moved on to uh, Redundancy. Is that the right word? Uh, irrelevance? Uh, people are pretty excited. Pretty excited. And I'm sure it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Cool. Sega game. We haven't seen an old-school Sega game in a while. We're going to see a bunch of them, though, though with the, the Sega Genesis Mini, or the Sega Mini Drive. Is that what it's called? The, the, the Mini Drive Mini? Mega Drive Mini. You guys are... I'm losing you. I'm losing you. I can feel it. Uh, finally, Nintendo showed off... They capped off the show, showing a teaser for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. The sequel to the... Booming Switch game that came out in 2017. Very fun game. I put 80 or 90 hours into that game. And the, the trailer looks dark as hell. It looks scary, dark, depressing, just the way I like my games. Dark and depressing. And that's how they ended it. That was their one more thing. It was Zelda. So people were excited. I thought it was probably the best show of E3, the Nintendo one. Uh, you know, not having all the, the BS clapping and applauses and blah, blah, blah was uh, major points towards that goal, by the way. Anyway, I'm, <sighs> I'm having a bit of an existential crisis here. This is kind of hitting me. <laughs> I, I'm having a bit of a problem because as I'm saying all of this, <laughs> I'm realizing that I just spent pretty much the whole week 
watching hour, two hour commercials. That's what these things are. All these presentations are just one big commercial, tons of marketing. And if EA was there, my brain might've exploded from all the marketing BS. And it's not like I just spent a week doing this. I've been doing this for like 20 years. Wait, wait, am I an, am I an idiot? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. But I think I might be an idiot. Fuck. All right. <sighs> okay, I give E3 2019 a 7 out of 10, I guess. And uh, my priorities are apparently a 1 out of 10. Jeez. All right, let's move on to listener questions. Um, I need to, I need to cool down here. I got some good questions this year. This year? This, this uh, week? Why not? We have good questions this year as well. Yillian asks... Why is Barney more popular? No. Why is Barney the more popular purple dragon than Spyro? Well, I think Barney is a dinosaur. You know, as many dinosaurs are probably purple. Uh, but Barney is more popular than Spyro because he loves you. And he knows that you love him back. Barney has the world by the balls. And he knows it. He knows it. Poor Spyro, he never really had a chance. Yillian also asks, why did Spyro not get a close-up at E3? Well, Spyro's contract specifically stated that he could only be shown from certain angles, and according to Activision, those angles are all very far away. They did end up showing some trailers, like uh, Spyro, if you guys weren't paying attention, uh, Spyro Trilogy was shown off for the Switch briefly, but they didn't go into detail about it, but they, they did do some trailers after the fact. But yeah, that, that's why. Devin asks, can you have Mike answer one of my questions? <sighs> yeah, sure. Uh, Mike, go ahead and answer this next one. Uh, Devin asks, who would make a better co-host? Mike or Andy Richter? Yeah, uh, Andy Richter, for sure. Yeah, Andy would be a lot better at this than you. Yeah, you'd also have to pay him. Probably because he actually talks every now and then. That's why people are asking you to answer questions. You need to earn your keep, Mike. Okay? Let's see here. Uh, Yillian asks, who would win in a race? The Flash or Speed? Well, I think that the Flash on Speed wins any race. Actually, I had to look up Speed. I did not know who Speed was. Google, when I looked this up, Google kept trying to push more popular superheroes on me. I, I would look up uh, superhero speed, and it showed me The Flash. Uh, it would say, hey, did you mean The Flash or Quicksilver? And, you know, after hours and hours of painful research, I can tell you that I still really don't know anything about speed, except that he came from, like, the Muppet Babies version of the Avengers or something like that, like Young Avengers. And I'm going to say that the flash would win a race based on name recognition alone i also like his costume more speed is not a good name for a superhero it's it's first of all it's it's, it's google poison it's google poison only movies starring keanu reeves in a bus should be called speed that's the way i think about it yillian asks what is your favorite telecommunications company this feels like a trap for some reason, Gilly. It, it, it's, it's very hard to choose the best telecommunications company because they're all so great. 
they're also benevolent. You know, AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, they've all spent millions of dollars to kill net neutrality. So right away, I don't feel like any of them could be my favorite. You know, they are, they're all awful in some respect. Ajit Pai, he is the epitome of a corporate sellout that should never hold this position. He's, he's a shell of a man. And I want him listening to this show, you know? I want him to listen to this show because I want him to know how much he sucks. That man sucks. He is the head of the FCC. And he is actively working to let telecommunications like Comcast become even worse. That is his sole reason for being there, okay? So best telecommunications company, I, I, I don't know, uh, Google Fiber. Google Fiber. You know, they're not even really in the business. They kind of said, okay, anybody who has our service, we're going to keep servicing you, but uh, everybody else, we're done. Screw this. Screw this. Screw this industry. Screw your city. We hate you. This is the worst. So uh, by not being in this anymore, that probably makes them the best by default. Devin asks, hello, mother. Oh, it's a song. He says, hello, mother. Hello, father. Please six mosquitoes. Really? Blank. It's a fill-in-the-blank, it looks like. Okay, I got this. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Please fix mosquitoes. Really, father? Thanks for the package. That's why I'm writing. Canine Advantix really stopped all the biting. I think I kind of flubbed the rhythm on that last one, that last line, but you get the idea. So this is from a commercial, believe it or not. It's for uh, Canine Advantix. And the fun trivia on this commercial is that they were able to teach a puppy, a young dog, how to speak English, or actually really sing English. And it doesn't sound like a dog at all. That's how amazing this is. Sings English. He can sing. It's a dog that can sing and speak. Not when you say like, speak boy, speak, and it barks. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. You guys don't understand. The dog can speak and apparently write. That's why he says, that's why I'm writing. And be show gratitude. Not just by wagging his tail. He, he can show gratitude with his words. This is a smart dog is what I'm saying. And he gains this ability to speak, this ability to sing beautifully. And he uses his talents for a commercial, for, for a, a flea product, Canine Advantix. So his parents put everything they had into to giving him all the advantages they never had when they were growing up. And he uses his talents to sell out, to make money. So uh, the, the story is actually kind of sad. Dog really ended up kind of uh, being a big disappointment for his parents. Uh, Ken asks, why did it take so long for me to ask a question? You know, every part of me wants to blame Facebook's terrible algorithms for this. They, they don't like promoting our stuff. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in our poll results. But, uh, yeah, Facebook, Facebook is just the worst, right? I think I've said that maybe about half of the episodes we've done. But uh, usually that's the case. Usually it's Zuckerberg's fault. Oh, Ken, um, by the way, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to you like you're, you're going to answer me out loud here. Uh, we, we still need to do our interview. I think I gave myself an ultimatum to do our interview on the show by the end of this month. So I got about half a month left, so I think we should get to that if you're still down. Final question here comes from Devin. Devin asks, 
What is your favorite trendy customizable oven baked pizza joint? Now that is a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Mike, you know what he's talking about here? Uh, you know, like the, they're, they've started popping up a lot over the last few years. And this is an appropriate question for me because I do like these places. Because it, it, pizza is expensive. I bet these places don't even exist in a place like New York because of how expensive pizza is. Or maybe they do and they're just more expensive than they are here. But uh, pizza's traditionally pretty expensive, even for like a, a medium-sized pizza. It just depends where you're going, I guess. If you're going to somewhere like Little Caesars, you know, you can get a pizza dirt cheap and it tastes like cheap dirt. That's uh, that's uh, my, my line in the sand. You got a problem with my views on pizza? Write me about it next week. So, uh, yeah. When it comes to traditional pizza joints, my favorite's probably like Round Table as far as the chain goes. But that's not what Devin's asking. He's talking about you go to a pizza place and you can make your own pizza. You're not putting the ingredients on yourself like Kramer would have you do. You are just telling the people, hey, I, I would like this, I would like that, I would like that. And it's unlimited toppings, unlimited toppings, flat price, like $8 and change. Nine bucks after tax. Nine bucks, nine twenty-six after tax, we'll say. For a, a pizza that's probably the size of a, a, a medium, medium pizza. Maybe slightly smaller. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal in today's economy. So I like them. I like them. Uh, well, what's my favorite? I feel like this kind of question, or I feel like the answer to this question varies by where you live, because many of these places probably don't exist all over the country, let alone the world. I've, I've only gone to a handful. Uh, I think I went to one in Vegas once. No, in Vegas it was just a very expensive version. Uh, that's not, I'm losing my thought. I'm losing my train of thought. There's Blaze, right? Blaze is probably one of the more popular ones, one of the more well-known ones. They have one at Universal Studios, I know that. I think Blaze is okay. My wife isn't as big of a fan of it. But I think it's okay. Not not terrible, not great. I like the sea salt that they, they can pinch and put on at the end. I think their, their crust and cheese might be all right. But overall, I don't like them as much as Pyology. And... When I first tried Pyology, I was all over it. I was all over it. And I was, I was preaching the good word. Like I was, I was like a good Mormon going with his good Mormon buddy to knock on people's doors or a Jehovah's Witness to knock on people's doors. It's preaching the good word of Pyology. Friends, have you heard the good word of Pyology? And then it backfired on me. I, I told a coworker about Pyology and she tried it based off of my recommendation. And she was not a fan. I was I was taken back. It made me question everything I had I had been saying, really uh, just wondering if I had been uh, wrong. But I went back. I still like biology. Sometimes, like many pizza places, they don't cook it enough. What I've learned to do is just uh, say, "Hey, can you can you leave my pizza in that uh, stone oven, that stone fire oven, for an extra minute or two? Makes all the difference in the world. Makes all the difference. So uh, yeah, I'll say biology, biology." Blaze is okay. They, uh, they're just not quite there. Uh, but let me know what you guys think in the comment section. We have a, a website, uploaded.com. This has been a, a long episode. We are getting into pilot territory when it comes to episode length here. So I think it's about time we wrap this up with some poll results. Um, 
Last week, we asked, how much would you pay for a Trump prayer coin? If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend you do. 50% of you said that $45 is a literal steal for a Trump prayer coin. And 50% of you said that Trump would have gotten that coin for free. And about 90% of you must have been too conflicted to vote because <sighs> voting was atrocious this year. It was like a 2016 election. Nobody was excited to vote. Nobody was excited to vote. And that's where I said that uh, Facebook's algorithms were pissing me off this week. Uh, this was why. This was why. Also, just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I've rambled. I need, I need liquid, some sort of water maybe. Feeling a little dehydrated in the mouth. So I, I'm losing it. I'm definitely losing it. And I'm starting to ramble. So this week's poll asks... How will the world end? Please vote on our Facebook page. We will have this question up. And just waiting for you. Just waiting for your vote. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Again, on anywhere podcasting apps are sold for free. Uh, we are on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic. Also, of course, uploaded.com. That is our website. You can download the episode to your phone, to your computer, to your tablet, to your mama. We are there. Guys, this has been a hell of a week. It's going to take me a while to get over this. Uh, you guys have been great. I love you very much. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Or else. <laughs>